Good evening, everybody. How are we doing out there in Radio Land? Real quick on that. Mic check, okay. mic check. I think we're sounding good. I just wanted to get the echo out of my head. Oh, yeah, we definitely got to get the echo, echo, echo. That. Oh, no, see, I, I don't mind hearing your voice in my head. I just don't want to keep hearing my voice in my head. Yeah, I'm right now I'm kind of scared of giant frogs right now. So, you know, you got to watch out for them. Next thing you go walking through the woods, minding your own business. Next thing you know, they pop out and you think you're going to kill them. But no, they kill you and everybody's upset. Yes. Best to stay away from giant frogs. Yeah, yeah. No matter if it's the dice world or anime world. Trust me, I've seen it all. Yeah, you just stay away from the frogs. Stay away. Stay Especially away. if they're brightly colored, then just screw it. Just just run away. Bright colors are attractive. Well, but... bright colors aren't so bad. It's when they start playing 90s grunge music. That's when you really got to be worried. Now I wonder why that playlist is on my Spotify list now. <laughs> I think I got to delete it after this podcast. <laughs> I don't want to be sent to a trap. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, out there on the internet, how's everybody doing tonight? Pretty good, I hope, as aside from us talking about giant frogs in the woods. Yes, yes. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> welcome to the podcast, Scoop and Rye. Deep dive into many things. All righty. So just make sure I got my notes up here. Episode 52. Uh, let's see. A um, couple of quick announcements to kind of kick this off and start things off because, you know, got to have announcements. Uh, first and foremost, thank you to Sirenscape for the background music and soundboards that we will be using. I actually managed to find a way to kill the echo in the audio, so it should be good. I also figured out how to make my own soundboard on Sirenscape. Uh, if you're a... Got it up there, made one that's just for here on doing this podcast, so not a lot of crazy raptors crawling through the woods and giant bugs. It should be nice and chill, because we're be. nice and chill. Should be, but you know, <laughs> when you're riding the waves with us two, you never know what turns we make. Yeah, well, there's not a whole lot of ocean going, so we kind of kind of got to go with the landlock. Mm, but that being said. Mosquitoes aside, you know, they, they like blood. Big shout out and a thank you to the community. Shout out to you guys. Uh, we have, as of last week, we have hit affiliate status. We have finished that last checkbox, so we are uh, going good there. I uh, went through all the setup for that, so that's now a thing. Not sure how to use it. Not sure about, to be honest, I don't really, I want to push it, but I don't want to push it because I feel if I push it at this point, I'm not going to get the results I want. Because what I want is to grow. I want, if you think I'm worth supporting, support me. If not, give me some feedback and let me know how I'm doing. If that all you want to do is result. hit follow and share uh, with all of our media that we put out. Because we, again, reminder, this does go out as an audio podcast throughout wherever you can find audio podcasts. Uh, Spotify, Google Play, the Apple Play, Google Play, and the and the uh, pod Apple Podcasts. Yes. Uh, we also put up a version of this on YouTube for a video in case you weren't able to hang out with us and want to see a condensed version. Um, all of that's out there. So if you want, if you think we're doing a good job, great. Uh, send feedback, give us follows, all the good things there. 
Um, also wanted to point out that because we hit affiliate and because we've had a chance to grow and kind of learn things, uh, the Scuba Studio Discord has been pretty much completely rebuilt. Uh, all the roles and permissions to account for the various D&D games and have a more... Have, I believe there's a nice framework to start playing D&D on our Discord uh, throughout all of the various cities that my games that I run are at. So they'll be there for developing out and making uh, making stories. Kind of a West Marches style thing. I'll just let it go. Uh, where's my Discord? Good thing you should ask. It's somewhere in the interwebs. If I go exclamation scuba studio... It should post right there in the chat. All the links to where you can find us. Awesome. See, I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning. <laughs> but yeah, uh, go there, check it out. We even have a set of a uh, set of channels that's just for the podcast, where we'll be posting all of the articles we talk about, as well as starting again. I did this a couple times initially, and it never. I didn't maintain it. My fault. But I'm actually going to put out a list of the articles that didn't make it into tonight's oh, yeah. show and there are a lot because oh, yeah. i guess with lockdown lifting everybody wants to do news again they want to tell us everything going on in the world i know it's crazy also if you have questions for us uh go and put them in the chat it'd probably be easier so that i could see or i could see if you put question in all caps that does sound familiar to somebody else i'm sorry it's a great idea why reinvent the wheel just Borrow it, copy it, and use it on your car. That's um, what I do, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, so those are the major announcements. Um, it, check out for Challenge Accepted coming up uh, this Saturday. We do stream and do a live D&D game. Uh, so far, it's been a lot of fun. The party wanted to explore the rest of the house before they moved on. So they got through the bottom floor, and now they're about to move up to the second story, and go from there i will say that once we get to a good point in this uh salt marsh arc we will be shifting gears over to curse of strahd and run curse of strahd for a while and i can say that once we get done with curse of strahd we're gonna go to icewind dale i'm already collecting stuff for both of those to work on those icewind dale will definitely be more be more fun but that'll be closer into the winter go figure but fyi um, so, all right, uh, shall we get into our movie reviews? Oh no, we're supposed to spend a uh, fictitious five minutes talking about what five we've been doing minutes. for the last week. But you know, lots of things happen. Lots of things happen, at least for me. At least I can speak for well, myself. Don't keep me in suspense, Rye. Suspense. What, you, what you been up to? Well, what you been up to? Uh, I mean, it was your birthday and there was a bunch of pictures on Facebook of you being in all kinds of places. Yeah, I kind of do this thing. I get my car and I just go. And that's what I did for my birthday weekend. I got in the car and just go. Um, what's uh Oh. Oh, the light. Let's review light. Oops. Oops. Brightness. Okay. <laughs> hey, we can see Rye better now. There's a face here. There's an actual face here. All right. So, like Scuba mentioned, I like to get in the car and go. And especially this weekend, outside of Father's Day, Happy Father's Day everybody out there that are fathers but outside of that it was my birthday weekend my birthday was saturday and i decided to jump in the car and head up to the bold rock cidery that's um south of charlottesville 
So went there, got some food, got some drinks, and then hit up a peach orchard and an apple orchard coming back. So I got some peaches, got some apple cider, got some apple pie. Good times. Impressive. And other than that, this is my week off from work, so just kind of relaxing and catching up on a lot of other things. So that's pretty much it. You know, um, traveling around, because that's what I like to do. So hopefully with the things starting to lift more and more uh, coming up, I'll be able to do more of my adventures and tell you peeps about them again. Get out there and travel. But yeah, you're welcome to come. I think you would like that uh, cidery. Uh, sit there, relax, drink a bunch of hard ciders. Good times. And uh, if, uh, if you like distilleries, there's a few distilleries that were along that road going to the cideries. We can go ahead and um, drop by if you'd like. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I don't really have a spot for any of that stuff, but it doesn't mean I can't make a spot. We can make a spot. With all the wine I have, I make spots. I make spots for everything. That, that's pretty much it for me. I'm just kind of relaxing. Alrighty. More to come with the rest of the podcast or what I've been up to. What about you, Scuba? Where have you been diving into? Uh, actually, it's been trying to keep my panic and anxiety down. Okay. I've had a few conversations with some people online, and you know, this is kind of that venue where I could just share my soul, so to speak. I figure it makes me a little more relatable. I, I'm trying to be genuine. I really am. Um, but I was good to have an outlet. Well, I logged into Twitch on Thursday to watch the players table on the Realmsmith channel. Okay. And I log in and I have this notification. It's like, cool. I click on the notification. It says, you're now, you're now eligible for affiliate. And I'm like, holy crap. I, just, I wasn't expecting it for months, to be honest. Because oh, yeah. that, getting that, because we had hit all the other benchmarks except for the average views per stream mm -hmm. was still really low. Yeah. We were starting to creep up. But I, I didn't expect it. All of us, like the data I got from the end of the la of last week's podcast was telling me, all right, it's not quite there yet. Then all of a sudden, boom, I'm there. And it's like, oh, wow. But then that all that other thing is like, oh, now I can possibly do these things. And how can I make these things work? How can I make them engaging and that kind of thing? So I ended up having to reach out to a few sources to be like, okay, Here's what I'm thinking. What do you think? Give me some, seeking out those who've been doing this. And there are a lot of great support groups for helping stream, new streamers and content creators on Twitch to kind of help not fall into some of the pitfalls that could yeah. kill your growth. And the last thing I want to do is kill my growth. Hey, so, it's good to reach out to get some, you know, get some advice and help to Yeah, so. Move it right along. You know, get some of the basics out of the way and then kind of go from there. The biggest thing was don't push too hard, too quick. Get your audience continue to grow and leave it leave it up to them. Don't be like, don't want to come across begging or something. Yeah, you don't want to so, be standing on the corner. like, I'm gonna, I need lights. Like, uh, I'm just, I'm just going to beg for follows. That's probably about <laughs> it. I'm not going to beg for any of the other stuff. Um, but if you want to do it. Hey, you, you want to follow this rye guy, this guy of a rye, rye. Yep, yep. Um, and then with that, it was also, okay, the Discord channel, which I kind of, the server which I kind of put together, which was supposed to be kind of a gathering hub. It's like, okay, what am I going to do with this? Because now that you have potentially have subscribers, you got to reward them. Oh, yeah. I mean, 
so uh, Saladin came over on Sunday for Father's Day. Uh, he couldn't go visit his 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 uh, stepfather, or whatever. And knows I'm a dad and I have two kids, so he came over, uh, bought me a pizza, and it may not sound like a whole big deal, but when you're the guy who gives up what he wants to make sure that everybody else can do or get or get fulfilled yeah yeah you tend to leave yourself you tend to not partake in things that you want so it took him about 20 minutes to convince me that i could order whatever pizza i wanted me <laughs> hey well it's father's day you should have have the have the choice i presume like, I, yeah, but then again, I have some unique tastes, like yeah. every person. So yeah. I ordered a, I ordered a, large pizza with uh, instead of tomato sauce, buffalo sauce, mm. uh, three cheese blend, chicken, uh, chicken, pepperoni, and I believe sausage. I need this pizza. And you know, um. So did that, but while he was over, he was, I was able to soundboard with him and redevelop all of the roles. Okay. So there are roles that signify milestone. There are roles that signify just, okay, these are those people who were playing in my games, which was originally when I started the server. Then they, here are those people that are coming in. And then it's how do I, how do I get, make sure everybody reads the rules and acknowledges the rules and then reward them for acknowledging the rules. Because right now, if you were to visit... And join the server you'd get studio fan yeah which is basically your window shopping you can look but you can't talk can't touch once you go to the rules and acknowledge the little emoji for the rules then you become a studio member and all of a sudden things open up there are channels that open there are things that open and then you can kind of get in and see a chat in the general chat, come to the studio stuff. And then we have some specific roles like contributors and um, studio staff and things to how to help with the podcast to contribute. And then taking a look at that and then seeing how to apply to subscribers to reward them that, where they could partake. But I'm not, I'm just going to talk. That's all I'm going to go into on that. I'm not going to, I'm still working out the document. I do need a couple. I'm looking for a few people that I know who are also moderators on other channels to kind of pen test uh, this setup to okay. find the holes, find the damage and see what I could do to fix it. I did create a founders group, which is everybody who was in the server prior to me accepting the affiliate status. And then I'll do another milestone later. It's just kind of a, you know, Kind of like how Steam is with the badges. I oh, played yeah. this game, I get this badge. Like, boom, here you go. Yeah, you know. Three monsters, get three monster badge. Yeah, that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, but that was mostly it. And then uh, also kind of revamping because the stream on Sunday, uh, Saturday had some technical issues. Go figure. Not nearly as bad as the week before, but there was still some issues, yeah. some stuff to work out. And I think I have a few things. I... I redid how I was doing some of the stream stuff and tested a few things. So I think I have a way to condense my focus to provide a better, and it should be smoother for this weekend. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. <laughs> All righty. Uh, yeah. I think with that, we're ready to start talking about reviews. Roll it on. 
we have for our first review we have one review this week and this is one that's gotten some buzz in the news but not necessarily because the movie itself but some of the other things that we've been talking about so we're going to kick right into it with the king of staten island king of staten island all right Rod, tell us about the king of staten island i have not seen this so my opinions are going to be based on what i've seen in the news and what i've seen from the trailers all right well you'll have to enlighten me on some of that newsworthy stuff later uh, but for the movie itself, The King of Staten Island is a movie that is uh, written and directed by Judd Apatow. If that name sounds familiar, he is the guy behind Horio Virgin, Knocked Up, Trainwreck, just to name some prominent films out there. But it also the film stars Pete Davidson. Um, this movie is uh, a little bit different than his uh, than Apatow's other works because most of the time when you think of him, he has a strong comedic background. But what you have here is a semi-biographical film that's loosely based on Pete Davidson's uh, life. So what you have is the character of Scott, played by Pete Davidson, and he has hit a crossroads in his life. He's in his mid-twenties, and um, he's been uh, faltering on this unmotivated path in life. And then he, he hits, hits certain uh, snags where he'll have to find out what is most important in his life. So if you've ever watched a Judd Apatow movie, you know what he likes to do is use a style of direction that focuses on on a character level. So in this film, what you have is a mixture of drama and comedy, what I've uh, come to call dramedy. Uh, so you get a mixture, a mismatch, but it's through the lens of the character. So what you have is everything driven by a conversational approach. That there's no typical like story element or focal point of uh, strong themes or strong adventure or strong romance. Everything's focused from the character's perspective. So here you watch Scott, who is uh, dealing with uh, in the aftermath of his father's death. His father's been dead for a while. His father was a firefighter. Um, so watching uh, Pete Davidson in this uh, film, um, interacting as Scott with all the other characters. What you get to see is a, a level of humanistic layers where you really, you, the character is really blunt and sarcastic. And just the way he interacts with his families, his friends, with other people that come in his life, it is kind of um, kind of a, a abrasive. And he makes you kind of like hate his personality at first. But as the story, as the movie moves along, you realize that because of certain things that have happened in his life and him faltering along this it's like he's dealing with like a mid-30s like midlife crisis but in his 20s and he just can't figure out where to go in life and certain uh, things happen which uh break down his safety net at home which forces him to face uh, certain um certain things and it leads to unexpected growth so once he gets into the latter half of the film that's where the point in detail the apatow's uh, unique techniques of focusing on character conversation and just the wit and charm of everything of past coming uh coming forward you get to see this character and scott start to kind of uh, evolve into a better person um start to levy out um all the flaws that he thought that everybody else has that he has to see in his own self mirror and it brings a journey of of, of a person that's wasn't motivated at first that finds some kind of motivation in life because of circumstantial things that happen so this is more of like a slice of life mixture with the coming of age style 
uh, film, but through just watching life as it. That's that's how I uh, encompass this whole. Thing. Hmm. Any questions oh. for me, Scuba? Um, I guess we'll go. We'll go. We'll go way back and okay. uh, tell me a couple of two things real quick. What two really weak points in the film and two really strong points in the film? Um. I'll just encompass it in just one weak point, and this is something that is very a testament to Apathal's and his writing and directing style. He likes to f fill in everything in the film. So the the length of time, it does draw out a lot of certain sequences that happen in the film, so you get some like sub-side stories that don't really uh, coincide with the overarching uh, uh, growth of Scott in the film. So there will be like unimportant sequences that happen in the film that are just there just to happen. Um, but they aren't important to the overall progress. Of so it's the length and just trying to build everything out when it only should be. So I would say that's the weak point is, is the, is the dryness and the length. Okay. All right. So what did you rate this one? Um, overall, this is a great character, uh, study of a, an, an adult in his mid twenties that's dealing with struggles of family. Uh, tragedy. So overall, I say if you're a big fan of Apathal and you love his approach of comedy drama, it's a great film for you. It's available on demand. I gave it four out of five. Full price. It was first. Nice, nice. So what is this thing in the news that well, you were mentioning that I might have missed? You probably might not have missed it, but it's a good segue to get to talking about it. Okay. And that was, we've talked a few times about how the movie theater industry is having kind of a battle with the studio side. Yes, sir. Uh, famously, because Universal put Trolls World Tour and then Scoob and then a couple other films straight on video on demand or premiere video on demand. Yeah. Versus airing them in a theater, obviously because of COVID. Uh, this the, the AMC's reaction to it was, well, we're not going to run any Universal property or any of its subsidiaries in our theaters again. Yeah, Regal jumped on that bandwagon too, so that's too many. So studios, we've been had they've been having this fight. Well, King of Staten Island sets to come out. And one of the few movie theaters that actually is open that has great social distancing guidelines built into the whole concept yep. is a drive-in theater. There were a number of drive-in theaters that had pre-sold tickets in New York to air this film. Yeah. Problem is, after these theaters put out the, the ticket sales, somebody back at the studio realized that there was a pro that they had committed to this agreement and then finding out later that no this was not approved this is not allowed this is purely premiere video on demand there is no theatrical release yeah so now you have another instance where theater owners are a little irritated that uh they can't show a film because or they had to and they had to refund all of these ticket sales or work this out or come up with alternative viewings for that particular showtime. I think a few of them did like back double features and stuff, oh, but yeah. I think I, and now I remember I've reading this and talking about this. 
So it, it's one of those things. It's just like really. Yeah, I think yeah to a lesser extent that that's just mixed communication between studios and theaters, because from what I remember, uh, from reading those articles about that, this like you said, this was never supposed to go to theaters. It was straight VOD. So somebody committed to something outside the original agreement. So yeah, but it does put in a testament to how distribution, which we've been talking about for weeks, how things are starting to like theaters not theaters but uh studios and smaller studios like the one that put this film out is finding better success through vod and other channels than they would find in theaters because this would be considered one of those mid-level films it's not a big blockbuster or it's not an animated family film that would you know two of those two juggernauts would bring in money this is a mid-level comedy coming of age style film that unless you're familiar with either the actor uh, the director or his history you probably would have not gone seen it this is generated by buzz word of mouth and the indie circuit so you know vod is probably where this will live and it gives an, another avenue for studios to like hey um maybe once everything rolls back around you know, there's going to be levels of agreement where films go to theaters film goes to vod or there'll be a split you know if you want to check this review out, go to ridereviews.com. <laughs> ridereviews.com, people. <laughs> oh, well, hey, if it's a tech issue, it's a good thing, right? Good. We are live, and we troubleshoot live. Um, check out all my reviews on ridereviews.com. Um, got everything up there. If there's a movie you want me to review, let me know yep by all means comment uh even give them a shout out shout out in the uh discord for a move for a movie review to uh take a look at or if he might have already done it and can just uh post that in there if someone's curious um like i said i haven't been able to watch a whole lot of tv haven't really seen uh, a lot of movies this past week uh i th as i was saying uh, i think part of that is my whole anxiety right now is I can't sit down to focus on one of those, which is really bad because this past weekend was an event called D&D Live, where they had a lot of really good D&D uh, adventures, a lot of good announcements, uh, which we will get into right now in here. For State of Game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you like that? You like that, huh? Yeah, yeah. I know you did. I know like you it. did. Transition for you. Alright, so state of game, the point in the show where we talk about the various games we're affiliated with or playing and kind of how they're progressing. As I was just saying, as far as the D&D side, there was a Wizards put on an event called D&D Live. Yes. Really great content. I know it was. Uh, big thing that I was excited about was they just they announced a new adventure set in the war set in the region of Icewind Dale, which is the north side of the Sword Coast. It's near and dear to me because the first set of D and D novels I actually read was the Icewind Dale trilogy. Um, it was published roughly about the time I was born, so it was one of the first book series i started I, I got into and just loved it and now i've got most of all the other ones yes driss it's all about driss unless you're into yeah it's driss is great his story is great the timeline's great um 
So I'm going. I'm definitely going to be running that, as I mentioned at the top of the show. Challenge accepted. We'll be doing a run into the into Icewind Dale when the book comes out. I already have it pre-ordered. What the? Oh, got a cheer. Okay, new sound in my head. I don't know what it was. What was it? I, ah. Hey, it's a good sound. It's, it's a like good sound. It's a good sound. It's, just, it's one I never heard before. So all of a sudden, it's like right what? what? <laughs> so. <laughs> Homeland series was pretty good. Um, uh, yeah, so Icewind Dale, I've already, the, already gonna prep in that, gonna prep that and do that. I can't wait. It'll be a definite right up my kind of alley. So stay tuned on that. Like I said, uh, other things, state of game wise, is uh, we'll talk about video game stuff first. Video game. So I think Ryze got an announcement for us. I think he finally finished Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, drum roll, please. Yes, yes, I did. Uh, since I'm off, I decided, heck, why not? I was on the last chapter. Let me go ahead and finish out this game. And it was a little bittersweet uh, finishing off the game because uh, it's been a fun ride since I got the game. I've enjoyed the expanded story, the expanded adventures in Midgard. Just getting a fleshed out uh, back story for a lot of the characters. So, um, uh, the final chapter, you face off against uh, Whisper, Harbinger, and uh, Sephiroth in different stages. And as hard as that battle was, I can safely say I did not die once fighting both bosses. So that's a good thing. But no, that's a, that, that that's cheerworthy right that there. That is cheerworthy because that <laughs> that that fight with uh, Sephiroth, um, yeah. That's all I'm going to say. When y'all get to chapter 18, if you ever play it, you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, but overall, the, the way it ended, it just it just makes you yearning for what's to come. And it, it gives you that like like thrill to know that if they can make this much story out of this section of the original game, what are they planning for next? What are they planning for next? And everybody that knows Final Fantasy VII knows that there's a lot more to come. So... I hopefully gonna be great. Probably gonna come out on the PS5, I guess. Oh, let's hope. Yeah. I mean, I will say this: uh, as far as a video game that dropped, I can't play it, but I did enjoy it. Was The Last of Us Part Two dropped? Oh yes. And one of the things I'd like to do is, even though I can't play the game, I'll do go to Gamer. I'll give them a plug just unofficially because I like their content. Is Gamer's Little Playground? On YouTube, they, I've talked about it before on the show. They do video game movies. They use relevant gameplay, so it's not just cutscene after cutscene. Yeah. But it was an eight. Their their whole thing was four parts, eight plus hours for all four ports. And I was just the story. I was just like, wow, this is. I if I were to rate it, I would actually probably rate it a four out of five. There's one element of the story that they kept beating on that really ended up turning me off and that was the whole constant revenge cycle of revenge i figure i think kind of right now this is that constantly going after revenge and thing it is it just i like typical story trope that just gets too much and no matter what medium it is yeah it's it's just a go-to when you don't have anything else to write revenge uh so but I, I don't think I'm going to pick up that game. I played the original game. I was I thought it was okay. 
Um, there's another game I'm waiting for to come out. That's why I was like, heck, let me finish Final Fantasy VII before it comes out. Um, which is Ghost of Tsushima, which is in a couple weeks. But if we're rating games, overall Final Fantasy VII, I give 4.5 out of 5. Great story, great mechanics. A couple glitches here and there, but that's typical. Um, but other than that, it was a great game. Uh, so maybe, finally, I might be able to play that other game. Days gone. I'll be eagerly looking forward to see, hearing oh, yeah. about that. So I'll, 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 I'll dabble into it this week. And Fantasy Star Online too. I'm keeping at that game. Starting to open up. Starting to enjoy it a little bit more. Kind of like it. Oh, cool, Great cool, action cool. RPG. You could just jump right in for a few hours and jump out. Anything else on the on the D and D side? Uh, yeah, actually, I do have something to discuss. What are we gonna talk about? Oh, I'll, t I'll tell you in just a moment. I'm just uh, uh, making no, another no, tweak here. No, 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 no. A couple of things, because uh, I mean, it's, other than that, it's relatively light on the game front. Um, I kind of told everybody what happened with challenge accepted. We did get another new player. Welcome. Uh, so and everybody, it kind of dropped it on them the whole gonna work in season cycles just to kind of keep things fresh and allow players to rotate i'm really starting to push on some of the infrastructure for the curse of strahd stuff but i don't want to but i'm also not going to sacrifice the salt marsh stuff uh -uh. so salt marsh is going to get to a good stopping point and then kind of roll in there uh did have my no quarter game on friday which uh that went well okay for me Players had fun, but uh, yeah, they got their butts handed to them twice. Uh, well, you know, I I, I understand wiping out. It has happened. I well, they 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 were coming out of the the dwarven excavation. Okay. And they ran into a group of orcs and a half ogre. They managed to kill them all. Relatively quickly, so I didn't have to use my ringers, which was I beefed up the NPCs just in case, you know, the party was in over their head. Okay. But one of the party members was taken out because he managed to put himself right in the center, and it's like, hey, target of opportunity. Tactics. Well, they healed up and then decided to walk back to town. Well, a few sessions earlier, they had crossed paths with the Manticore. And they did not kill the Manticore. The Manticore got away. Well, Manticores are vengeful and spiteful things. <laughs> so the Manticore went back, got its partner, and the two of them came back. And after a few days of healing and whatever, they were in good good condition. So, And they happened across the party and attacked the party. Now, this party, death is not on the table until level 5 because they're new players and I want them to learn. It's not very fun if they don't learn. So they all got knocked out. Manticores left them alone. And they have managed to wake up and then make their way back to town to collect the rewards. And to get their new uh, stack of quests to start working on. Which now that I've... No, now, that, now that I've heard about the Icewind Dale book. And the weekly encounters leading up to getting to Icewind Dale... There's one in there that's really interesting because it involves a character that's in Lost Minds that is supposed to lose at the end, but now I have to make sure he can't die. 
but he does have to he does lose but he can't die because he will then reappear in this little side adventure leading up for Icewind Dale which I plan to use with my players when we get to that Icewind Dale story so a lot of the we a lot of the weave is starting to get uh woven here so it should be interesting it should be a lot of fun I hope fingers um, crossed yes fingers crossed but like every adventure there's always sideways Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So, that being said, we're going to kick into some new stuff. Okay. I've got one bit of gaming news, and that's for all of us who are doing D&D stuff or other tabletop things to do or trying to find ways to do things. Resources can sometimes be a little hard. Now, this was sent to me by uh, Shadster, who's uh, one of the mods here on this uh, server, as well as uh, a couple others. Great guy. He, he sent... He, no. We'll talk about that one in a minute. Let's talk about that one. Um, you can go to D&D Beyond and there's a link for stay at home. It's called stay at home, play at home remote uh, where they have a series of links for free materials from the DMs Guild. DMs Guild, if anyone's not aware, is a kind of a repository for people to publish adventures that they write. There are a few conditions and stipulations with it, but there are a lot of tabletop crafters, a lot of uh, amateur dungeon masters who have written content and modules and put it up there, worked with in those things. And a lot of that is, very, is donation-based type of thing to support the creators. Well, there's also a series of things that you could download for free to run different adventures. Um, if you're in the Discord, you will get to see this. In just a moment. Um, I'm going to do all the things. All the things. So, check that out. A lot of cool things. Uh, there'll be it'll be a link in the show notes and the doobly doo. I went. I pay, I grabbed all of the stuff that was available. It's just I tend to hoard digital stuff for like a library because you never know when you're going to find something that sparks an idea and then you're going to use it and then it's going to be ooh, this worked out really well there's nothing wrong with hoarding the digital and I, as you could and i'm sure you can see in the behind me i've got quite the library of ideas um uh, lots and lots of ideas over there yes so that was a quick plug for that go check it out great thing it's always good to have storytellers and fun um and check that out now we're going to get into a bigger news story and this one will be interesting because it, it it's a it, it sets the tone for the rest of our stories that we're going to talk about tonight this hit the wire this hit the wire yesterday and yeah it was announced that micro microsoft announced that they are shutting down mixer effective july this year a few weeks from now it's going to be shut off and they're rolling everybody over to the Facebook gaming platform. So this uh, article came across from The Verge. There's already a link in the uh, Discord channel for this. So we'll post it up again. But it's essentially Phil Spencer went on record and, and, and acknowledged that Mixer just can't compete with Twitch. And with the xCloud on its way, out, on its way in... They're looking at, okay, how can we position ourselves better? So they've 
the, the way the article reads, if you're savvy enough and in, 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 in reading between the lines, Facebook offered up, Facebook came to, they came to some agreement and Facebook basically bought all of the Mixer stuff from Microsoft and Microsoft just sold it all off and is sending everything over. So all the, now there's been a lot of buzz if you follow different streamers, like a lot of the, there was a lot of major streamers who left Twitch and signed contracts for multi-year contracts yes. with Mixer. And now they're being released from those contracts and can give that, see where they go from there. There's a lot of really big ones. And then there's a lot of this other stuff and they're working on basically whatever your status was on Mixer, you're rolling over onto, onto Facebook gaming. But face And Facebook gaming has its own issues. I looked at it today. I gotta be, I, it's, it, it really was confusing to try and set up and I kind of suck as a video game streamer. So I'm not really worried about it personally. Right. What do you think on this? Um, it was an article when I saw it come across, I was like, bang, he to send this to you. But also when I read it, I was like, man, this is big news because, you know, Microsoft and Facebook are big, you know, big players in the tech world and the online space. And knowing that Microsoft does a lot of stuff on the cloud, um, along with Facebook and its social media presence, just seeing this partnership come together, it it, it is it's eye it's eye popping, but at the same time, it helps them you know, to have a foot in the market with not only gamers, uh, streamers, but also reach a wider audience because you know Facebook has their hand in everything. So just one quote from this article that makes it seem like it's a partnership for something for years to come. Uh, quote, when we think about xCloud and the opportunity to unlock gameplay to, for 2 billion players, we know it's going to be critically important that our services find large audiences and Facebook clearly gives us that opportunity. And that was from Spencer himself. So it, it shows a strategic uh, initiative from two parties to have a global reach but also gives a platform where it's various degrees of growth, you know, and it also like it, it's, there's just different levels and layers and it just adds to the, to the pot of having that overall connectivity in one central area. That's, that's how I see it because, you know, Microsoft has a huge, you know, has a huge thing with cloud and gaming community with Xbox and we all know with what they have on Xbox with Game Pass and Gold and all the other different things. You can find out with Facebook's presence. There's, you know, there's a lot that can happen there. There is, but then there's also still some shortfalls. The biggest yeah. thing, like with the X Cloud, and we'll do some more on this as we get closer to launch, because it's tech and tech is always fun to talk about. Oh yes, is yeah. the X Cloud is it's kind of positioned the same way that the whole Google Stadia was. It's the idea is you stream gameplay yeah to devices and play any kind of game you would play on a console it's, it's taking it to where the console is 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 less about that's where you sit to play and more this is where you store and broadcast your game to play yeah um it's very interesting from a tech perspective in my opinion but I, i'm a tech guy so of course i want to be interested in this stuff uh the other thing is Facebook's algorithm, as far as audience building, it's nice because all of your friends will immediately be bombarded with when you go streaming. So you kind of have the audience built in based on how robust your friends list is. Yeah. 
but I think the that I think the real sleeping giant in the room is YouTube. Yeah. Because uh, there are several people who've commented on this, and if you sit there and start thinking about it, it makes a lot of sense. YouTube's algorithms for exposure for what you're doing is getting better. And if YouTube actually wholeheartedly went in and said, you know what? We're going to cater to streamers. Yeah. That's it. That's done. That's 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 Pompeii all over again. It the 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 whole landscape is gone because YouTube's te algorithms blow everybody else out of the water. And if they were applied in that direction, <laughs> that's it. That's all she wrote, man. Done. Done. Oh, yeah, it doesn't matter. It 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 it, it puts uh, uh you know sleeping giants head to head with both actually with all the different scenarios. It could be a. a a boon or bust for the the game yeah so those are those two major things and then we're going to get into our odds and ends and we got quite a bit of odds and ends to talk about and all of them have to do with this this theme that we're seeing with this whole mixer shutting down and rolling everybody over to facebook gaming which are two fairly different platforms entirely yeah and kind of rolling over this so this the, all of these articles are kind of following that theme but some of them are just gonna make you scratch your head. At least they made me scratch my head as I was reading it. Oh yeah, you know that's 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 what Rye guys good finding those odds in eyebrow razors, <laughs> and I find some sometimes, and then definitely. Oh, you find some. It's just oh my gosh. <laughs> but now we get into the odds and ends. We have got a lot to go through for odds and ends. Some of them are gonna be really fun. Hope you enjoy. Um. Alrighty, so, and I got some new surprises for you. So, uh -oh. yeah, oh, you know, I'm working on this. I now have, you know, let's have room for feedback. Room. Room. So, let's start off with our first story. Wait for it. Alright, so Vans has teamed up with National Geographic to launch a line of fashion items. These are limited edition items, all kind of catering into the whole thing with the National Geographic's been around forever, and then now Vans is trying to do this. <laughs> I this, The pictures tell the story, especially the one with the shoes that is made up of the various covers of National Geographic. So, oh, yes. Rye, tossing it over to you, what are your thoughts, sir? Uh, my thoughts is, is that this is predicated to the Vans community. Vans is known for making a lot of different variations of their shoes. Where they're partnered with Tony Hawk, Nightmare Before Christmas, Harry Potter. Uh, you can go down the list. And this is just another awesome down the list. It would be on my collections if I still bought Vans. But hey, anybody want to get them, go to Vans.com. They've got a different variations of them. I'm going to get them. Article, altpress.com. Yes. All right. Here's our next one. And this is uh, YouTube a while back decided had this crazy idea about trying to make shows for their f streaming service. They're yes. trying to do like YouTube Red, which was supposed to be a conglomeration of YouTube produced content through a paid version of YouTube. Sounds great. 
However, if you started out as free, asking people to pay kind of gets a little hard. And that's really what happened here. Uh, what we have here is an image from the Cobra Kai show, which was supposed to be a sequel to the classic Karate Kid uh, franchise with this guy restarting his uh, dojo again. I only know bits and pieces of it. I actually sat down to watch it, but I might with this announcement because Cobra Kai is being moved from YouTube to Netflix. Boom. Now that's your cue, Rye. All right. It's an article on ScreenRush.com. Basically, it's a YouTube is a moving from their a subscription model to an ad support platform, and with all their original content not making waves like they should. Um, the first two, uh, first two seasons of Cobra Kai will be on later this year on Netflix, and Netflix will pick up the bill for the third season. So it's 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 a, it's it's an interesting move, but a big move and another another move for uh, Netflix to get another another uh, uh, what you call saving grace, where they do a lot of these things where a show gets canceled or it's not going to get picked up, and they pick it up and let it go. So. Uh, another another plus for Netflix, another series I look forward to watching because I didn't get to watch the first two seasons. And being a fan of the original Karate Kid, I'm just a fan of this one. Yeah, I found those. Uh, I remember some of the trailers for it. I just had to chuckle because yeah. this is that same guy from the movie. <laughs> and it's like, okay. So seeing how that goes. But yeah, I may check it out one night for uh, seeing what's up. Our next item is speaking of Netflix and Ron Howard. Did anybody remember a while back Ron Howard did this competition for submissions? I think it was photos or videos that he was going to use them in a project. Oh, yeah. I, I heard about it through the interwebs. It's been a while. You know, some of us might have remembered those days. Well, Opie here has done it again. And this time he wants to take your script that you write and turn it into a show or a movie on Netflix. Oh, yes. He wants right. you. This is right up your alley, Rye, because oh, you're yeah. studying screenwriting. Here you go. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to have to put Ron, Ron Howard on my speed dial. But uh, until then, uh, ScreenRant.com, the article, uh, check it out. Uh, Ron Howard and Brian Fraser have teamed up to... Um, um, who uh, teamed up with Netflix so they can uh, create a place for these uh, screenwriters called Imagine Impact. Um, currently, it's going to be three genres will be announced July, September, and November, respectively. Uh, quote, writers who want to throw their creative hats in the ring uh, can apply by clicking from the article. So it gives, a, it gives an avenue for, you know, upcoming screenwriters to, you know, put their name out there, get their name attached to some big, you know, big, uh, big uh, honcha honchos the movie business but also just being able to put your stuff on netflix just gives you a wide variety of reach so i think it's a it's an excellent way for you know up and coming writers to get you're cutting out a little bit might have to check your battery here next time all right story number four. Oh, that was story number four. No, oh, no that's story number four hey do you remember a while back not too long ago, HBO Max came out, and they had all of the films from Studio Ghibli. 
Yes, I and do. we talked about what should be the first film from Studio Ghibli I should watch. Well, here's their latest, their first CGI film. Dun, dun, dun. Right, tell me about it. Um, as reported on Anime News Network, Ghibli has just unveiled their first CGI film called uh, Earring and the Witch, uh, based on the novel of the same name. So, this is a this is their first venture into the CGI. Um, they've known for great uh, 2D films like the one where we did Howl's Moving Castle a few weeks back. Um, it's definitely going to be an eye popper and it's definitely going to see their creative bliss um, expand into new horizons for Studio Ghibli. And it'll either going to do one or two things. It's either going to lead them down the path like Pixar and Disney or just give them another avenue to create new content. Never know. It's Never worth uh, checking it out. So we're just rolling right through these. Boom, shakalaka. Let's see what's our what's our next one? Something about pizza. No. Oh. oh. Should be. Is it pizza? Oh, it is pizza. Mm. Sorry, sorry, got a little head there. <laughs> but then again, looking at this pizza and thinking about that, this is a pizza made of ramen. Yes ramen pizza i'm sure my son top shelf will just go gaga over this me i'm i'm holding judgment but you're the foodie rye tell oh, me about this food i love food and as reported on the article on kotaku um this is a quote a collaboration between japanese ramen restaurant menya mustasi and pizza hut and the result is ramen slice of pork spring onions and half an egg on a pizza and based on those pictures, oh boy, I am going to Taiwan tomorrow. <laughs> really? Really? I love me some ramen and putting ramen on pizza, and I love pizza. Sounds uh, good. No, I'm I, I'm gonna go with a couple of people in chat, and I'm gonna go pass. Y'all just don't know how to get good food, people. You gotta I... try expand her horizons. I have brought you to some amazing places. You're right. You're Remember right. Remember that. Oh, so. well, if I, I guess maybe I'm thinking ramen, I'm thinking the Americanized uh -uh. wax covered stuff. Maybe if it's real, legit ramen, it might be worth trying. Oh, yeah. And being uh, that they're teaming up with an authentic ramen place from Japan, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to agree with that comment. I'm <laughs> going to agree with that comment. Uh, the comment was pizza should not involve the whole twirling motion. <laughs> Oh, too much fun. Too much fun. <laughs> Speaking, oh, let's get back to talking about tech stuff. All right. Let's swing around on them noodles. Got food. Let's talk tech. Tech, tech, tech. Way back when, about the time the PlayStation 2 was out, there was this thing called the PlayStation Pocket Station. It was basically something you can plug in, like a memory card plug in. It had a little LCD screen on it. So you essentially could play your PlayStation without it connected to a TV. I think we've heard, seen how, where this kind of can go and what we've, where this evolved into from there. But the tech is still pretty useful and some enterprising person figured a way to put it as a back part of a backpack. Take it away, Rye. Well, as another article from Kotaku, um, they have a uh, Twitter user Yoshidio uh, created this pocket station backpack. 
Um, it's not working or playable, but it does feature the white Sony Cat Coral from Doki Domeo Isolution. And you check out the picture right there, you can see it looks lovable, playable, and it might be my next random purchase on Amazon. Like that Kirby pillow. You know, I saw this, the first thing I was thinking was a Tamaguchi. Oh yes, the good old days of watching my pets die. Ah! Uh. Alrighty. <laughs> I see that one's that one's just right there. Yeah, it's skadoosh. <sighs> That was a, that was six. So yeah, I'll turn that off. I'm gonna set this one up. Okay. I gotta yeah, I gotta set this up because you know a lot of us a lot of us drive, a lot yeah. of us buy cars and have gotten cars that we like or they think they're a sign of our status. And sometimes we don't think about little things like how to carry things home when we buy when we buy a car that has a small trunk and we want to take something big home. How many times have we seen somebody take their TV, take the big 80 inch TV out of the box, thinking they could get it better fitted in a little, in a little hatchback? Mm, I, I don't know. You tell me. All right. Well, and then it's like thinking, oh, it doesn't fit. Well, maybe I should put it on a trailer. Yeah, that, that okay. happens sometimes. Oh, that's a good idea. But what if your car doesn't have a trailer hitch and you don't have a trailer? Uh, well, I guess you have to make something to get it from point A to point B, right? Well, if you're this guy. Gotta be that guy. It's gotta be that guy. Gotta be that guy. Gotta be that guy. This is a guy <laughs> driving a Porsche <laughs> trying to take home a hot tub. Mm. And what a hot mess that trailer is. <laughs> yes, uh, this is uh, an, an article reported by a local affiliate, Wavy. Um, and it's, uh, it was, uh, from Woodstock, Ontario, uh, quote, Woodstock police service officials said they responded around 1.30 PM after receiving multiple calls about a vehicle pulling a hot tub behind it. Officers caught up with the overburdened sports car on the Western outskirts of Woodstock, Ontario and pulled over the 54 year old male driver End quote. um, no words can describe exactly what kind of makeshift thing majigger that is, but Hey. There's a will, there's a way. And this uh, driver found a way to get his hot tub home, or partially home, before he got pulled over. Uh, I, uh, let's take a moment. Let's take a moment to appreciate the engineering here. I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm looking at this, and I can see a dolly, one of those ones that converts from two wheels to four wheels. It looks like it's that with plywood and two by four. And no kidding, there is, is the string or twine trying to hold all this together. There's a lot of different tickets that he could have got, but uh, the he was charged with careless driving. So whatever that kind of fine is in Canada, you know, more power to you. Yes, that is a dolly. <laughs> That is straight up a hand truck. <laughs> I got to appreciate that. I appreciate the the effort, but you know, <laughs> that's you're never going to live that down. It's on your record. Remember that guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but Wavy uh, didn't uh, didn't just uh, give us one article, but it gave us two. Uh, here's a good one. Now, here is the proper way to move a vehicle 
or remove something. Uh, way back in the 90s, for some who may not remember, there was a little film called Into the Wild, which was talking about an individual from Virginia who traveled up to Alaska. And he had there was a bus out in Alaska that is famous because of the story and this film. And unfortunately, the poor guy did pass away of starvation. Yes. But his legend lived on and it became kind of a thing for people to go out and try to find this bus. Well, the, the local government in this area of Alaska had finally decided they had had enough and voted unanimously to move the bus. Now, the local, art, the local uh, National Guard unit had to do some training and offered to move the bus at no charge to anyone. And it is currently in a secure location. Uh, there are some items in there that do belong to the family of the individual who made this story famous. And they're waiting to decide what to do with the bus. But the overall consensus, especially with all of this uh, stuff going on and trying to get people help they need, where this bus was, there was no cell service. It was if you went there at the wrong time of year, you were trapped there. And so a matter it was a matter of public safety. Yeah, and it's definitely it it it, it popularized the book um, and the movie of the same name. I have seen the movie; it's a good movie. Check it out. Um, but it is something that is encouraging that they did remove it because you know they uh, they want people to experience the wild and the forest and enjoy the nature but they don't want to attract a you know lead people astray and then be stranded and have to constantly go out and try to save you know possibly and the thing is it's costly when you look yeah. at having to run rescue ops especially in alaska it gets costly and too many people have have died from exposure out there or try to go through this so it was it was interesting that this this these events occurred in like the early 90s yeah and here we are 30 plus 30 years later and we're having this conversation about moving the bus oh yeah but i think it happened yeah it happened because of of a, a rescue that happened earlier this year of five italian tourists and death last year of a woman from belarus so yes. you know it intensified the the uh, the move of the bus but you know the bus has been out there since the 1960s yes and it was actually moved out there as kind of a retreat for some local some local hunters back in the 60s so yeah but it's, it's good that it, they moved. i think it's cool it's a nice little bit in, of, of uh american uh urban history i guess you could say and i will have to check the movie out i've heard great things about it i just haven't actually sat down to watch it yet it's a really good movie i, I would recommend checking it out Alrighty, we're almost to the end guys another article from our local affiliate yes three booms doom doom now, doom this one is nice for those of us who have kids who graduated high school this year amidst the pandemic yes we realized that schools shut down everything in their dog I mean, sporting events, testing events, all of that. Well, one of the major tests we all remember as high school students was the SATs and the ACTs. <laughs> yes, Some I of remember. us have, have like forgotten about that wholeheartedly. I couldn't even tell you. I didn't score very well on my SATs. I will just put it out there. I'm not going to lie about it. I'll be honest, the, every time I think of SATs, I think about, uh, I think it was a line from Saved by the Bell. Yeah. Where he just kind of slept in, didn't really care, and wound up acing both sides. 
and just freaked out a couple of the people are like how could you not take this seriously it's like sorry yeah, um that's how it works how it is so, yep yeah well here's the cool thing if you are a senior who graduated this year and did not get to take your sats harvard that's right harvard has announced that they will they have waived the sat requirement for new students for the next term yes and it's another like report on wavy the sat and sat scores uh have been waived for um not required for applicants submitted for 2021 and quote from a statement from the school we understand that the covid 19 pandemic has created insurmountable challenges and in scheduled testing for all students particularly those from modest economic backgrounds and we believe this temporary change addresses the challenges in quotes um i think it's actually a big uh, i think this is a big move and a and a good way of uh you know for a major institution to be like you know what these scores are relevant but aren't always prudent on getting accepted to colleges and being someone who's gone through the process a few times already um having the having a levied on certain tests will help applicants um will help uh, bring in you know bring in the students and have them apply across the board um i had a interesting conversation with this with somebody saying that they considered it weighing down the process but i had to bring the light is that uh, even though they have removed this requirement that is not the only requirement used to you know you know accept or reject applicants into a program actually um, I, really, I think it's really kind of funny that you had that conversation because from what i have seen and this is my two cents oh you lost the video Oh. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, <clears throat> yes, my thought on this is like the SAT scores are one thing, but if you look at the trend over the last 10 or 15 years as far as college, you've noticed that there have been a lot of people who've had to take a lot of remedial courses because they didn't have the quote unquote basic knowledge that they needed for co what is considered college level classes. Yeah. So waving the SAT really doesn't make a lot of sense to me as far as why this isn't being done already. When you have students, uh, a, a portion of the, uh, a portion of these students do the standardized testing at the high school level who don't have a lot, uh, who don't have a wide enough a range of knowledge. Now, Again, this is just from what I've seen and kind of my two cents, but I didn't put a lot of stock in the SATs because I went military. Yeah. So my SATs mattered nothing by the time I left the military and went to college. Same for me, albeit minus the military thing is I had my associates when I went and reapplied to get my bachelor's. Um, SATs meant nothing. And also you can't, always judge based off the test um because like i mentioned earlier i did not do very well in my sats but yet i i graduated top of my class two different times well three different times and what 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 i come to understand is like these tests isn't a really gauge of what people actually understand or what they came out of wherever they came from from their own education and like you said from my experience going through college a second time and Cohen's going to go through it a third time, you know, 
basic comprehension is something that you get to see a wide variety of people that don't and people that do. And people that don't have that comprehension is going to struggle depending on if it's college, uh, trade school, tech school, any kind of schooling if they don't have that basic comprehension. And tests, uh, waiving these, these will allow the people that are looking at these applicants to judge them more fairly and more thoroughly without having that, that high score placed against their record. Ready for our last story? Yes, I'm ready. Okay. Let's go. Nom well, nom. We, well, we talked about the ramen pizza, how that was kind of a collaboration to make this. How about a collaboration that's a little more fun to look at? Yes. What do we got there? What I've got here is a collaboration between KFC and Animal Crossing Horizons. Uh-oh. Got some chicken in the virtual world. This is uh, in the Philippines. So, Rai? Uh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, uh, hey. I, I, I know you're, 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 you're poking the lumpia there. So, um, I'm but... just saying, this is where this is located. Oh, yeah. A KFC in the Philippines has partnered with Nintendo to make a KFC island. I love it. That you can go and check out. Oh, and yeah. I definitely will check it out. So... If you go to the island and you find the kernel on the island you will win you will get a coupon that you can then claim for a bucket of chicken that is just awesome on so many <laughs> levels and as reported on the article on kotaku as unkeek via go nintendo and wondersun notes the kfc philippines official animal crossing online docks uh an amazing job of recreating the kentucky fried uh uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken Experience in New Horizons. So you got a full-fledged restaurant there that looks like you're walking in to go get a bucket of chicken down the road. Yeah. It looks amazing. And is KFC open right now? No. Dang it. I'm no. Going tomorrow then. Sorry. <laughs> Anybody else want a bucket of chicken? Any people out there in the chat? I'll throw in a couple dollars for y'all. Alright, more for me. That's fair. I thought this is a nice one to end on because it's really just kind of cute and funny and, again, shows the creativity of people. And the the, the thing is, this also kind of reminds me of back in the early 2000s, Second Life. <laughs> right? Bear oh, with me. I know about Second Life. Second Life, when it was in, everybody thought it was just so cool. I mean, it still exists in some capacity now. It's not dead. But I remember when Second Life was getting its big push and everybody was all about the, the con currency conversion and all of that. Uh, that a lot of businesses started to build storefronts in second life and you could actually interact and order like order a car or whatever through there. It was, it was a lot of interesting integration. Yes. So when I saw this article, that's the first thing I'm remembering is, but I think this is done a little bit better because you know, it's a little more family friendly than second life was because let's be real. <laughs> Second Life was not 100% family friendly. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> but this just, uh, speaking of the creativity, this just uh, sparks even more interest in how 
collaborative and how expansive the uh, the Animal Crossing game is. This just adds on top of all the other fun little things that we've been talking about this game throughout the last few podcasts, including the Danny DeVito Island. That one, that one is just the Danny DeVito Island, the the Spirited Away yeah. uh, Island. I mean, it's a lot of interesting stuff. So, but new way to explore the world, whole new world. But yeah, those are the odds and ends, and because they're odd and just random things on the internet, we we'll just give our quick opinions and peruse through the articles. Uh, Rai is the one who does a lot of sending me these articles to peruse through for the show. If you're following the show and want to contribute, there are ways to contribute articles uh, via follow me on Twitter or follow on follow the studio on Twitter or Instagram. Shoot the stories that way. Um, reaching out through via the Discord and show, sharing the stories. It's always great to have varying opinions, and it it it's better as far as interacting with the audience. It's like. This is what you want to talk about, so we'll talk about what you want to talk about. Of course, we're going to talk about what we talk about, but, you know, collaboration, you know. Uh, so with that, I think that's uh, pretty much pretty much it as far as the notes. Let me double check. Is there anything I missed? Uh, no. Again, uh, thank you for Sirenscape. Thank you to the community. And now we're going to just take a few minutes and kind of just... Uh, see if there's any questions, comments from the uh, community and uh, chat on what we talked about or if there's anything that really kind of want to revisit. There's a good conversation going on about our uh, talk about college and uh, the unpreparedness of individuals from high school. And Mr. Mr. Chellis has um, been making very valid points Um which I have seen, I have seen personally when I went back to college the second time. So just to sitting in, 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 in one of my, and uh, sitting in my U.S. history class the first semester back, you can notice the difference between people fresh out of high school and people of my age or you know of a different you know coming from the military coming from you know different parts of life where they were focused ready knew how to work independent where these high schoolers were so uh, stringent on just just giving information and regurgitating that they didn't know how to do the work oh so, yeah that and, that and again you got to look at the whole thing with as far as when you look at college it's like they charge so much money but so many things on that I'm talking about how like 30 years ago 30 40 years ago when you go to when you go for college it didn't cost as much as it does now I think it, it could argue that it was a third of what you pay now going to college now is just so expensive and part of it I think is lack of preparation of the students going in straight from high school they don't know enough yes they passed all of the tests and did you mean high school or college there high school into college okay. high school high school and exit exams the whole stand sol stuff yeah and then going into college and it seems like there's an information gap the other thing which not to get too far down the rail on this one is the fact that all of the subsidies to college so and they just took it it's like we're going to charge more 
because of these because we can get these subsidies i mean there was a ted talk i watched a few years ago i'll see if i can try and find it and post it somewhere but the thing that struck me the most about that ted talk is the guy talking about it actually sat there and asked you all right look at college look at choosing your classes like you would any other consumer based purchase what is the value I'm going to get out of this class and should I then pay for it instead of, oh, well, you need this. Why do I need underwater basket weaving? Uh, uh, it's an elective. Okay. But you're going to charge me nine. Uh, you're going to charge me a thousand dollar credit hour for a three credit hour course on underwater basket weaving just so I can fill an elective. It's a, it, it, it's, it, it's an example out there. Yeah, it's a cash 22. Yeah, it's a very, uh... Because I'm named Scuba. Are you trying to say? <laughs> He's telling that you like to dive headfirst into the water. Skadoosh. That's an old joke from back to when I was doing Boy Scouts. It's like, there's a merit... The whole thing, the pre, there's an app for that. It was a merit, it was a merit badge for that. Underwater basket weaving merit badge if you wanted to be that person who had them all. But... It's a great joke, and it actually is a course somewhere. I'm sure it is. Probably is. We'll just uh, venture out into the interwebs and find it. But the point was, is like, why do a course if you're not going to get any value out of it? Instead of, oh, well, let's just blanket charge and charge. I think if, and I kind of agree with the uh, the whole supposition that if you sit there and start looking at it as, if I take this course, I'm going to get a value out of it, and I value, and I pay based on that value it's a very consumer based which is not something you see instead of this just yeah like uh yeah college is a mixed bag of you know thing you do learn a lot of relative things and you're dependent on what course or what course of action you're going what path of you're going down but also it reveals a lot of flaws and you know college isn't for everybody and it's very adamant very prudent for just you know people that are pushed to go to it and just don't you know succeed but nowadays there's a lot of different avenues there's a lot of different avenues well there has always been a lot of different avenues now the problem is a society sat there and sat there and said hey you've got to go to college you've got to go to college you've got to go to college not every job requires a college degree oh, yeah. he Heritage also plays into a lot of that, depending on what your, your heritage background is. and then also things like dirty jobs. Yeah. Trade schools. Exactly. I'm tra I'm trained in trade as well as electronics or not. I do. I've spent years in the IT industry doing tech support. And my last job was configuration management. Prior to that, growing up, I'm a third generation carpenter. Yep. My grandfather did it. My father did it. He taught me to do it. My first job, my dad was over not too long ago. We were actually kind of just chatting, talking about this. Is like my first job was working for him doing home renovation. I can tear down and rebuild a house as well as tear down and rebuild a computer. Yeah. Great skills to have. But nobody's really pushing trade schools and learning the, 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 the dirty jobs. I mean, love them or hate them. Mike Rowe really caught on to something with that, with the whole, Hey, there are jobs that college is not for. And 
there are jobs that need to happen and at college it's like if everybody goes to college nobody knows how to do these jobs and i worked trade for a number of years when i got out of the military and came back to this area i was doing interior carpentry and we were seeing a shift in the labor force and the, the, there was less young people coming into the trade electrician plumber hvac carpenter framer that's drying up and all the jobs are going elsewhere but there's not a big push to learn it anymore yeah i think it just needs to create an overall incentive for for them across the board it'll help but it all predicates on choices who's pushing you from behind and where 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 you want to end up yeah. so you know but i do agree with your going to fact is the one thing that i noticed is that why am I paying for a class that I don't know? And I noticed that a, I noticed that at least three different times finishing my bachelor's. College yeah. job is great. Trade job, would, in a lot of cases, will definitely pay you a lot more yeah. than a but than a gotta, quote unquote college gotta, job. I would I would put breaks on on money thing because sometimes it's not about the money. At least for me, it's about finding your place in life. So with me going to grad school, getting my master's degree, there's a there's a particular reason, which I went I've mentioned podcast ago. So but that is a good thing. Some people go to school for money, some people go for a specific thing, some people do it because of the generational. So it's just a matter of your choice. Yeah, but there's I, still a lot of the it's not what you know, yeah. it's who you know. Yeah. And if you Agreed. make the right connections, you can definitely have a lot of growth. Uh seeing that with doing this i don't think i'd be nearly as far as i am if i didn't start reaching out via discord and on uh, other channels to make connections and network so we'll see how it goes <laughs> i don't think we got much else that was a good uh, good conversation i enjoyed it thank you i always chats. love having good conversations good chats good chats all right y'all so we're going to go ahead and start doing our contact info. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Going to roll over to our contact. So. All right. Awesome. I'll, uh, we'll chat on uh, Discord and see if we can't set up a time for that. But uh, here's our contact info, where you can find us, follow us. All of that for the various studio things. Uh, our per some of the personal stuff is also connected with that to view. Um, and reach out, follow us, continue the conversation offline, help grow, help uh, help us grow. Uh, if you're new to the stream and you like what you're doing, like what we're doing, please consider hitting. Please hit a follow. Uh, that way, and, and the bell so you're notified when we come back on. We do have a stream on Saturday nights. That is challenge accepted. That is a live D&D game that I dungeon master with the wonderful support of my players. If I don't have players, I don't get to do what I do. And I love working with players to tell a story. Uh, again, we do this every Tuesday night. Yes. Uh, you can check out all of our other things as we get more con as I get more videos made and out, I will get them out. <laughs> so with that, <laughs> Thank you for hanging out with us. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for downloading all of that. You guys stay safe. Have a good night. And we will see you on our next one. Peace.